Hi, Nimesh. So, Nimesh Mehta is founder and CEO of Rockmetric and an ISB alumnus from the class of 2009. Rockmetric is a cognitive data analyst that automates analysis and insights with a natural language search interface. Nimesh worked closely with his senior leaders as management consultant and consultant at World Bank as well. He had the corporate experience of 14 years before founding Rockmetrics and their innovation, a credit guarantee scheme for skill development CF EGFS approved by Union Cabinet in 2012 and 13. Without wasting any more time, I will hand it over to Nimesh. Yeah, Nimesh. Yeah. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, uh, thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh, I'm very excited to have a conversation with my uh, fellow ISB alumni. Uh, so today what I've been asked to talk about is largely uh, speak about our experience in building out an analytics product. So what were the opportunities, plans and challenges? And uh, this space is extremely crowded. At least it looks crowded from outside. Uh, and this is one question that everyone keeps asking me that if you want to get into this industry, especially if you don't have a background, uh, what can we do? So I'll just start off with what the broad structure I'm thinking about is firstly to define who the customer is. Uh, then decide what do we build and then how do we build it? So that is the three categories that we'll be talking about. Uh, I'll just give you a little bit of background about me, maybe speak for around 15, 20 minutes, uh, uh, and then probably just jump into questions with, uh, Amit quickly, because that'll be much better. Uh, we've received some 250, uh, questions from various, uh, alumni. We've tried to cover most of them in these slides. So firstly about me, I am a non-tech single founder, uh, background being management consulting, res academic research, uh, and had built products before this. So, uh, I'd built a local search engine for schools, a lead management system, uh, and then we're building an AI based product with IPN uh, in collaboration with ISB when I was doing research. What we built out is largely a search engine for data where we automate the job that an analyst does on Excel spreadsheets. We do it on very large data sets. Uh, sector for us is banking and financial services as tough as it can get uh, in India from a data analytics perspective. Again, we target very large enterprises, uh, like uh, all, the, all the top private banks uh, uh, we look at. Uh, product maturity took us about 100 pilots and POCs with almost all the large enterprises in the country uh, to get to where we are right now. Uh, it took us about three years uh, to build the product out and we've done it by bootstrapping and getting uh, revenues from customers. So that's a little bit of context for y'all uh, before we move on to the next slide. So the first, uh, uh, can you hear me clearly? So I'll just move to the first broad understanding of, you know, when we building products, uh, people generally look at opportunities, markets, and all that is important. Uh, but what is also most important is to figure out what the current landscape is and who you're building for, because all your product decisions that you make. Uh, it's not going to be one single idea. It will be hundreds and thousands of iterations that we do over a period of time. And decisions that we take on products uh, will always uh, work based on, you know, who your end customer is. Because all your decisions, trade-offs will happen based on that. So from an analytics perspective, uh, when we looked at it, uh, for us, the broad one was consumers, uh, where we have senior stakeholders. You have operators who are operating. Then you have analysts who work, who are pros, and then the IT MIS or even the field force where you want to democratize access to data. And then there are the providers, which is like the traditional buyer for IT and analytics. So either you have an analytics team building model, or you have your IT and business intelligence team looking after reporting and other requirements. So that's a broad landscape. Now, it's very tempting to say that we'll build something that everyone will like. But usually great products will not get built like that. So you have to focus uh, and build. And the second aspect was, uh, how do we decide what part of the uh, puzzle we want to solve? 
then we looked at the insights layer right so traditionally when we look at analytics people start off with machine learning models but what we try to do was try to do make a uh, focus of what is the decision making process for business leader uh, our focus is obviously business leaders and uh, what all tools are made available to them across the organization so when we looked at uh, most companies will build a data warehouse plonk a dashboard on top of it and say that the analytic journey is over but what we realized was that is just a starting point then people build reports there were reporting tools available so for dashboard you have very uh, very cluttered and competitive market for dashboards reporting you have old generation tools which companies have been using to get the reporting sorted then you have alerts and notifications are very uh, specific purpose built tools are available and the large chunk of work happens in services right you will have all these large analytics and it services companies and outsourcing companies when people are spending a large number of resources on spreadsheet and sql extracts then comes down the uh, analysis layer as they say where you will get your consulting firms you will have your top analysts you will have b school grads coming and helping business teams up and then you will have a separate analytics unit which will do big data segmentation and augmented analytics if you look at it each of these boxes is like a big uh, humongous opportunity in terms of uh, an analytics tool uh, every tool is designed for a different workflow and most of them are bought by the it business intelligence unit what we wanted to do was automate this entire process from a business user perspective and i'll tell you how we planned for it so this is what the the typical experience that we had when we started meeting our users right so every time when we look at if we go and talk to it they'll have complaints about business but since we wanted to focus on business we were listening to their complaints about it and analytics uh, team so the first thing that came uh, from them was that uh, their problems are basically routine uh, agile and and ad hoc in nature so it tries to build something for stability and business is dealing with chaos right so so one uh, team has an incentive to make sure everything is organized and nothing changes whereas the other is uh, constantly trying to work in a dynamic environment uh, so that obviously there's a mismatch so whenever a business goes for analytics help it is much more it and analytics will be enamored by setting up their big data systems or uh, doing larger things and dealing with ad hoc data requests from business is something not a very big priority or something exciting for them so there was a big mismatch there then the second aspect was that we'll have it setting up these large data lake data warehouse projects and just guard the data and not let the data go out to business you know sometimes forgetting uh, that what this entire exercise was done for uh, so they'll spend millions of dollars in creating big data infrastructure and then we'll spend several months trying to aggregate data back and giving the same excel sheets and dashboard to business users that they were getting 3 to 5 years back So they still are not able to access data directly from the data warehouse or the data mart. And the third aspect was obviously analytics teams, people who get in, make a career there, are not making a career there to send summary dashboards or uh, Excel spreadsheets to business, right? They're getting there to solve some large problem. That's why they choose that career. And obviously, uh, that being a valid uh, concern from the provider perspective, so but end consumer doesn't care, right? They need to solve their problem. so this uh, attitude of you know i will not get out of bed for less than a petabyte or unless we are using some deep learning model doesn't help the business user and hence most of the analytics projects get derailed so the idea was uh, how do we solve this problem right for the business user so there was the observation was that the pain point was that they need to get their issue resolved uh, and they don't want to talk to it like 100 Hundred POCs, you know, across tens of customers. If you do a design thinking workshop, in the end, what they want to do is they want quick turnaround time, found time, and they don't want to depend on IT. They don't want to keep uh, requesting again and again for something that they need. And the desire was that I invested in all the tools that uh, my providers asked for. And when I ask for an information during a review meeting, I still don't get it. within the meeting itself right so you have everything in the world but if you don't get stuff that you want on time what's the point and that is the insight with which we uh, started off like we have the world's information at our fingertips through google uh, 
can i just get my own data at my fingertips with the ease at which google provides me uh, information across the world then the next question was we've identified what a user and observation is but what problem are we trying to solve for them right so that's where this entire uh, long uh, process that business users have the first one is the visualization layer uh, most uh, it teams and analytics teams basically will focus uh, on getting the dashboard and report sorted out and assume that the problem is over but a business user is spending insane amount of hours on excel spreadsheets trying to make decks and make presentations to uh, senior management and have review meetings again and again and this is the process where most value gets generated in the organization right because that's iterative ad hoc and dynamic in nature and then there's something more advanced basically which a business user is not uh, adept at doing and you need sophisticated analysts and analytics uh, teams to be able to do that and big data is something that most bi tools can handle a bi tool can handle probably 3 to 5 or 10 gb kind of a, a workbook uh and in this day and age if you want granular information data sets can go up to 100 200 gb also for a business so the insight layer is where all the advanced stuff happens a pre built dashboard is something where uh, people think that they are doing enough and analysis and decision layer was the piece uh, where automation was required where people wanted to get uh, their organization of excel spreadsheet so for us the idea was to you know map the entire journey but when we were building the focus was can we automate the role that an analyst got on excel spreadsheet and with my own consulting experience the idea was whatever kind of insight that i would provide to a senior management can my system do the same automatically and at scale because people will not be able to afford a private analyst or consultant to every business head or a product head can we deliver a system like that so that was the broad uh, you know thesis with which we started up so next was uh, how do we save money or time for people and what are the workflows right because you know having a broad level thesis is fine but if the problem is not there on the ground there's, there's no sense you know you have to actually deliver value uh, to business uh, which includes it and analytics also so what then we do, did was we mapped out the entire process you know the first part was the data layer and most people who are trying to be in analytics are focusing largely on building algorithms uh, but are not focusing uh, at all on something which is most critical which is getting the data right you know from your operational data source people will build data lakes and data warehouse you need to have your data governance sorted then they aggregate into data mart then they create a business layer right so what we did was that if we can eliminate the need for a data mart and business layer we save it time as well as money and which is important for them then was the visualization piece again you have to go and ask for a business user what do you want to see throughout the year and the same dashboard gets published to 50 people all the roles are unique needs are unique uh, and that's where and that happens on a very small data set so then what we enabled was that we can have excel like exploration available on very large data sets to business that also automates the entire analysis layer where you have hundreds of people sitting on spreadsheets and trying to do that so you save costs and the decision layer where you are relying on analytics teams to spend months or having very expensive consultants uh, can we automate that process using ai and ml so these were the four uh, layers and we tried to make sure that we had the deliver business value in terms of money as well as time uh, there and the important thing was that it had to be 10 times better than the entire current process because because it is so cumbersome it's very difficult to break in with a new tool uh, in a new process and trying to uh, reskill everyone within the organization so unless your tool was really clutter breaking it was very difficult to get access to 100 enterprises trying to do pilots and projects with you so then what did we end up building right so what we did was then we built out a google like uh, natural language search so ibm watson was the popular tool uh, then and we thought we were uh, we can build something much much simpler and business friendly so what we would do is you would put data into ibm watson and put data into our platform and just share it with customers and ask them to compare both tools and see which one is better uh, our, our search was obviously much nicer and simpler 
so all the top banks the blue chip companies you know they evaluated the products they liked us and that's how we got our first set of you know 20 30 large enterprises working with us and that's how the product started becoming mature uh, then the value prop was you know that large enterprises can deliver sophisticated insights uh, at scale uh, so not only charts and uh, tables but if somebody wants to know why what happened to my top five city they should be able to get a series of insights automatically and lastly it should be accessible like a consumer application you know across web mobile email voice and messaging platforms so that was the broad uh, approach of what we built i'll just quickly show you a 20 second clip of what we built out and then probably move on to the other slides and start taking questions so this is what the application looks like uh, you can connect your data you know 200 gb table uh, with the platform without any pre built chart ask a question Uh, system will respond with a chart automatically. You can break down across any dimension in your table, and then click on auto analysis. And the system will go and get you automated insights without any manual intervention. If you notice the series of insights which are coming in, these are dynamic, machine-driven, uh, and instant in nature. sub second response time for you know million, hundreds and millions of rows basically of data for the business user directly and not only that the system also gives descriptive insight like a good analyst would give uh, below each task so this was the first uh, aspect here i'll just show you the second aspect in terms of automating business reviews for cdm leaders a review meeting a senior leader wants to know how how uh, individual is performing they can just type business review for mamta ganguly for example who may be a product head or a region head and the system automatically generates a series of insights for them and just get output instantly so there's no need to create queues views reports anything just connect your database and a business user can just ask a question and just get sophisticated insights uh, instantly powered by machine learning and data just two quick clips just to give you a quick uh, overview of uh, what it looks like so the next aspect was uh, how do we once you build out a product right uh, how do we define value and then extract value from the customer uh, right so obviously we would want to say that we'll do value based pricing or cost based pricing but usually when you go on to the field right uh, you get punches and and your plans change so what our observation was that customer obviously starts off with uh, a budget uh, and if visualization is the only thing that they been uh, spending uh, that's the only thing that they understand you know so fighting that battle is is uh, extremely difficult uh, so in the phase 1 what was happening was we would be compared to a bi tool which was not a fair comparison because a bi tool would be like a powerpoint and we built out an excel plus an analyst kind of workflow but that's how the game is then the customers start using it that they understand that you know if they want to deliver something what uh, we are delivering at rockmetrics they'll have to have a redshift plus a, uh, a bi tool kind of uh, setup so then you can loosen their purse strings in terms of you know trying to get more money in terms of uh, getting money uh, from the database cost saving then the next step is when the senior leaders get into the picture and then they understand that they have 200 people sitting and working on excel spreadsheets and you can eliminate that then we get some more value from it and then like a, there's a difference between a good quality analyst from a top d school versus somebody who is an mis analyst uh, the last uh, but the most difficult leg is how do we uh, charge more because the system is more intelligent and that is something that even we've not been able to figure out but that's the entire journey of you know trying to price and get yourself more and more value from your engagement with the customer but obviously you'll start with something where they have a tool and you're just trying to get a budget uh, uh, extracted by replacing us expect us current uh, tool in the organization because that's the benchmark that even if a buyer understands for them to communicate it to the wider organization and get a buy in gets very very difficult So it's a it's a battle which is extremely tough to uh, fight. So the next step was how do we build differentiation, right? Like if people start copying, what do we do? 
so in analytics product basically approach is everything right so features can be built but if your approach or an architecture is very different it's very difficult for people to copy like for example legacy bi tool is structured around it services and uh, center of excellence is being set up with large teams and incentives are aligned to that particular aspect so then make you get a data warehouse and create a data mart then you create a cube and then you put it into a bi tool and access the data your sql reports will come through your data mart and your big data tool will access the data warehouse directly now for them to restructure this entire architecture is extremely difficult uh is very very difficult but from a rock metric perspective what we did was we just cut down these two processes you can plug data directly from the warehouse or the data mart and all your aspects will be done through a single source of truth uh so once you have that kind of big uh, transformation in terms of your architecture only uh, there are so many more functionalities and capabilities that you can unlock it is very difficult for the legacy tool to even compete on that aspect uh, so it's very critical and uh, to figure out you know how do you get your architecture correct and that completely depends on uh, who your user is and what the problem you are trying to solve so if you try to copy features from competition uh it's an endless battle right? it's like a hamster on that wheel kind of a scenario uh but this once your architecture is something that your customers like uh all the capabilities that you can unlock are obviously differentiated because it's very difficult for competition to catch up and they are already very successful with something that they've built uh they are not going to change their architecture just because a new startup is winning 20 30 customers with a new architecture there so there will be complacency also and that gives you time so unless you become really really big you will not be noticed and people will keep dismissing you uh, and customers who face a particular problem which legacy bi can't solve all of them will keep coming to you which is good enough for a large uh, uh, to set up a large uh, startup the next aspect was how do we manage design right so here people you know in machine learning and analytics people keep talking about algorithms all the time so my perspective is if a rule engine can so if an if then else statement can solve your problem don't get into a rule engine if a rule engine it, don't apply machine learning if machine learning can solve it don't go to deep learning uh and don't get into a battle of which whose algorithm is more complex focus on solving the uh, problem second aspect is that features are always greater than algorithm right so Uh, putting an algorithm doesn't solve a problem. We'll have to make sure that it's converted into nicely packed features where a uh, where a user can actually have configurations and start updating it properly. And uh, you know, algorithms can also go right or wrong. Features can be copied, but designing a system which works seamlessly uh, is something that is uh, should be the core focus when you're building the product, right? So again, I'm saying that. uh when you building a product don't focus on one algorithm or a feature focus on us building a system so ai according to me is a system design problem and not a algorithm problem you know in terms of how does the data go in uh how do you get a feedback loop sorted out how do you make sure it's easy for people to use it what kind of database to use uh how will it talk to other systems uh you know how do you manage failure scenarios there's a lot of stuff that goes into building out a product uh it's not about you know getting one algorithm sorted in one chart field and that is a big mistake that people uh make the second aspect is you have to be really loyal to your user persona what i mean is that uh, uh like for example my competition sell to it teams right so the features are built in making life of it teams easier what that means is building more and more controls reducing agility uh but when i'm building for the business user uh you know frequent request is not a bug it's a feature because if you asking your organization to become data driven and their business is dynamic they'll keep asking for new and new data every quarter their business objectives change obviously they'll ask you to change their dashboard uh so when you're building for the business user uh, your designs are basically to accommodate a uh, chaos when you building for it you can get away by you know asking the business user guy let you do only 16 dimensions and not uh, make you let you make changes in your dashboard so being loyal is extremely critical what that enables is when a business user goes to buy they will buy something that is designed for them uh, 
uh, right? And the negative aspect is that sometimes IT, which is not aligned to the business needs, will buy something which is designed for them, but that's fine. You don't have to be an all customer. Uh, but the only way you'll be able to break the clutter is that you focus on your persona. And uh, if you're lucky that nobody else focuses on that persona. Uh, so that's when our focus, so our observation in the market is that there's a clutter in tools uh, targeted towards analytics users. Uh, IT has a lot of established vendors which are doing the job, but the business user which has the budget, basically nobody cares about them. And we just thought that we just focus on that. Uh, second aspect is that your workflows of your products will also change in a subtle way, uh, which makes usage extremely dif different and incentives also different. So that's why your feature design will also change. Uh, next aspect is empathy with your users. So for me, basically, like every time I have to think, I think that what would I want? Uh, so for example, I would want transparency. I want features to be very easy to use. Uh, so all my workflows are getting designed for myself as a user. So if you don't have empathy for the user, it gets very difficult to build workflows which will resonate with them. And uh, this is something which is extremely critical. So a lot of people ask the question that if I'm not from an analytics background, uh, how will I build analytics product? So for me, it was a blessing, right? Because I was not worried about how do I integrate an R uh, algorithm from R into my platform. I was more worried about is that whatever question a business user has first basics is my platform answering those and then I move to the next advanced use case. So unless I can resolve a problem that a business user should be able to get everything that they need for a day-to-day -day requirement, I will not move on to the more complex uh, scenario. Uh, and that's what kept us more focused. And the last one is that uh, it's a rabbit hole to focus on the competition. Uh, all of us get tempted to do that. Uh, but what we've realized that if you've chosen a target market well, like for example, for us, it was very large enterprises. Uh, whatever learnings you were getting from the large enterprises was the same learning that the competition also gets. And because you are more agile, we tracked ourselves for almost two years that uh, heavily funded competitors, right, with $500 million in funding, they would still trail us six to 12 months in terms of building out features just because we were focused more on customers. And when you are small, uh, a founder has the time to talk to customers a lot more, and that's the strength. Uh, so just focus on that really, really. So that's about it from a broad, uh, uh, you know, overview perspective of how we've approached this entire process. Uh, so I'm done with the slides and happy to take uh, questions. From Thanks, Nimesh. So Nimesh, there are a couple of questions that uh, we have uh, got so far. Uh, one is like, uh, what are the challenges you would want to talk about? What are the biggest challenges you faced in building an analytics product? Obviously, there is a lot of challenges you talked about from getting on board it to the idea of it, then ensuring that you get the details at runtime in meeting itself and all that may be something which may be differentiated in your, in your product and all. But from business perspective, what are the two or three top challenges that you would you would want to talk about that you faced in building this product? Right. So see, the thing was uh, the biggest challenge was the product looks very simple, right? That you just ask and you get answer, but to make this work, uh, we had to build four different products and have an integrated uh, uh, view to make this simple. That means we had to get the data prep module worked out. We had to have a visualization module worked out uh, and visualization is simpler. We had to give Excel kind of flexibility and then on top of it have automated insight and analysis would be uh, So without understanding whether uh, uh, people will buy, investing a couple of years to build out an integrated product was an extremely tough uh, decision to make. And the second aspect was basically uh, the architecture decisions, right? Because they can be deadly and lethal uh, for any organization. Which database to choose? Should you build an in-house database? Should you take open source tools and build it on top of it? Or do you integrate with an existing BI tool and just have a chat-like experience? So obviously there was temptation that you take a Tableau or a ClickView or other tools and just build a natural language search kind of a chatbot on top of it. Uh, but that is not something that the uh, solution was, right? So now what we've been able to do is replace these tools from organizations uh, across the board. Uh, so, you know, fixing your ambition level and then making sure that you want to invest that time is the biggest uh, decision to make. Uh, 
then the second aspect was uh, getting the team right so like i mentioned if you looking at algorithms right so if you if you're focusing on system design as a problem and not algorithms uh then algorithms are getting plugged into the system once it's built right so in the early stage then you need people from a computer science background who understand designing applications you need somebody who's worked on database properly uh you need somebody who understand user experience really well and you need to understand what the business requirements are and what algorithms can solve that problem so having the wisdom that uh, uh a simple rule engine can solve this problem you don't need something more complex uh, is also critical uh so keeping things simple was is the most uh, challenging uh, uh thing according to me uh, that was the second aspect and the third aspect was imagine going in 2016 uh, going to a bank large private bank uh, and telling them that you put your data onto the cloud uh, for your uh, top business heads and they can ask question in english and they'll get a, a chart and output automatically right and chatbots were also not extremely popular by 2016 uh so it was like way ahead of its time in 16 basically so there was a struggle for two years but the entire hype that ibm watson had created made sure that we got pocs at least so lasting that two year period was the toughest part of the uh, journey and then 2019 was a breakthrough year for us uh, once uh, the chatbot started taking off a little bit uh, across the organization business user like senior stakeholders were asking that i'm giving my entire bank, uh, banks access to customers on chatbots but if i want my data i have to wait for 3 4 days and that problem statement people would start reaching out to us they would do small pilot uh, implementations and pay us money uh, and the next challenge was how do you have this tool being accepted as a at scale version right uh, where a entire organization it gets deployed and that change happened for us in the last 6 to 12 months uh so obviously there's a transition uh, when you building out but with such a long journey deciding that you want to build an uh, integrated product uh which looks so simple uh it's a big decision to make nice so basically the simplification is one of the biggest challenge people even face today and that also answers partially that how you should set up your analytics team which will be a right balance between the person who knows coding and the person who can understand the requirement the person who can create a great looking intuitive ui and other things right. so the the next question is uh, there are a lot of decision times we have to take a decisions on build versus buy so right. what are the couple of factors that you would you would take into consideration when you think how to build or evaluate a data or analytics tool so would you talk uh, would you want to talk right. about it right right so uh, this is the uh, question that most customers ask us right uh, uh, how do we decide which bi tool to buy uh, so if you ask me for example no earlier the traditional method was uh, so for example let me uh, let's discuss that if you had to buy a phone in 2012 kind of a thing uh, you had blackberry in the market and you had iphone right would you go with an excel sheet saying that a blackberry has email iphone also has email blackberry has browsing iphone also has browsing will you do a feature to feature comparison between the two product obviously you won't right uh, you will not invest your next 3 to 5 years of your organization on on blackberry when you have an iphone in the market which is going to be the future uh, so somewhere the decision is that if you get into a feature to feature comparison uh, making decision become very very difficult so the decision to make is that the next 3 years are you going to ask your organization to have pre-built charts and dashboards that are designed for them and tell them to use them for the entire year and if they need anything else i will send you spreadsheet or would you want to have something where you tell them that i give you access to the database directly you don't need to learn sql and then start using the application directly so just giving you one uh, aspect from how we sell similarly will you go and pitch to a business that has set up a center of excellence with 10 10 data scientists who are fresh out of engineering college have no business experience and they'll build algorithms for you or will you have something where a business user can be a lot more engaged and and give you inputs and then we have something to enable them right so these are the decisions that you have to make at a strategic level so for example is your organization uh, uh, going to deal with a lot more unstructured data and derive value from there 
or 90% of your value is coming from structured data, but 90% of your data volume is in unstructured. Then you have to take a call that, you know, although my data volume is large there, my business value is getting stuck to relational databases only. So then your resource allocation has to happen accordingly. What I've seen is most organizations, uh, what they end up doing is they'll set up large Hadoop project for their unstructured data to organize everything. Uh, and then they'll have no money left to provide servers for business users to replicate data and use it as per their wishes. And that's a very silly thing to do. So, you know, you have to first figure out what problem you want to solve who your user is and then get going. Shiny tools, like obviously even mine is a shiny tool, but you have to focus on whether it will solve your basic problem first and then start moving on to the more and more uh, complex thing. So my advice to most senior leaders is, you know, just make sure that you do simple things really, really well uh, before you move on to more complex scenarios. Yeah, nice Nimesh. So that helps actually. So basically the key takeaways are agility in terms of usage. You don't want people to take time to build and then say them to use longer. So it should be that the tool or the solution should think in terms of agility and providing the solution as early as possible. And second is the enabling them from the readiness perspective. You don't want to invest time on building a workforce who understands the analytics first and then start using it. It should be very easy to use as well. Right. And to so, add to build versus buy thingy, Amit. Uh, yeah. so, so there are uh, multiple scenarios. Like, so what people try to do is they try to have one size fits all tool for everything. It doesn't work out well. Uh, so for example, if you have events driven uh, use case, which is going on in your organization, uh, which is important, uh, for example, but your uh, the team that you built out is largely around structured data for all your reporting and other needs. And obviously you, there's no sense in trying to build out a different skill set for, uh, event driven architecture, because you need a different database for it and everything. And obviously you should buy a tool or outsource that particular problem. So what capability you want to build in house and what you want to outsource depends on what kind of manpower you can access, uh, train, retain, uh, and what is core to your organization. Uh, so that is something very, very important, uh, according to uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Next, uh, one question that we got from many folks is like saying that for a person with no analytics background, how can one get started in this field of thinking about the product vision and all? Right. So let me just go back to my uh, slide. So if you look at this slide, right? Uh, so the data layer piece, for example, you don't need an analytics background to be in that space. So here somebody. Uh, who comes from a consulting background who can set up a data warehouse or a data lake or a data mart. Usually this is done by consulting folks uh, from the big four. Uh, or you will have people who come from a database background from a Teradata or a cloud background basically. So these are folks either consulting or existing in the data layer. Your visualization layer also there are two parts, right? So you will have uh, BI designers uh, or you will have uh, BI specialists basically. So and migrating to that is not a very complex activity. So any tech person or an analyst can pick up those skills and be productive in that particular uh, team. So analysis layer, most of the B-School graduates are into that only and, and modern tools, like for example, my tool, uh, once you're using it, any analyst will be able to do the stuff that a visualization uh, team used to do earlier, right? So it'll be commoditization of complexity that will happen. Now you don't need a, system analyst to set up a cloud environment, right? Uh, it's so easy now. Uh, so software will remove the complexity uh, and jobs which were specialized earlier will become generic uh, uh, in the subsequent uh, every year, right? And the last aspect that we spoke about was the This piece, right? The big data and the augmented analytics piece. Now there also, so there is a joke that moves around in the founder circle, right? Like uh, a data scientist is basically a computer, a computer science guy with no understanding of statistics or a statistician with little understanding of computer science, right? Uh, so, so my experience has been that if somebody has very good understanding of business and statistics, if they work very closely with a good computer science guy, that team is much more robust. Uh, then, then uh, a computer science person just learning a few algorithms with zero domain expertise, right? Uh, so, no, but no, I have not seen a, a unicorn employee 
who has all the skills required to build the intelligence layer usually will be a team and if you are specialized in one area and have understanding in the other so that you can collaborate better it will be easy to move into the field hello can you can you hear me yeah i can hear you now perfect we have couple questions uh, if uh, if the company from chat if the company's database are mismanaged how do you take care of right. uh, the archival or old data that they have or augmenting or harmonizing that data also into your analysis no, so then we so so that then you have to ask the company to fix it right so that you can't fight that battle uh so in fact the biggest uh, like from a revenue perspective from an outsourcing perspective if you can help company sort out the data nothing like it but data cleaning and data management is a nightmare a never ending process uh, and most data science like most analytics teams in large companies have noticed are just doing this you know all the glamour and glitz apart 80% of the job even for phds is getting the data right and uh, getting the data prep uh, done you know your academics will try to get the collection of data itself sorted out same thing happens with business users also uh, so getting your data designed right is extremely important you can't fight that battle so for us if your data is not correct we will not enter we we'll let the customer go okay nice so uh, the question a lot of when you built such a product in a company for a company or in general that you can expose through a software as a service a lot depends on the existing metadata governance within the companies with that company right, right. so considering the fact that enterprise would have different maturity of metadata governance at different levels and within different departments how would did you respond to such differentiation or discrepancies and still provide a good value uh, in your product most companies like you rightly mentioned will not even have a good data dictionary or a data uh, metadata sorted out right because they like every time uh, something of this exercise has to be done they engage a large consulting firm and it will try to do this for the entire organization at once and you can't have a common data model or a metadata structure for your entire organization like no i, I don't see a three member team having the wherewithal uh, to handle this cognitive load right uh, so we call this a iterative uh, process we call it agile bi if you notice what we've done is we built out an interface to set up a data model and uh, uh, set up a data dictionary on our platform itself so our platform generates a metadata every new use case which comes on comes up the metadata keeps getting done the data governance is kept in place and a common model gets uh, created with the every new use case which is coming in onto the platform the system learns so the ai is not only used for uh, delivering insights but it is also used to keep recommending uh, stuff to them so for example if they had a use case where they flagged uh, uh, revenue as uh, a kpi every subsequent data set which is updated and revenue is seen as a column the system will suggest that is this a kpi would you like to flag it uh, so small things like that makes life very very easy for business users uh, business users i mean is the uh, the teams within businesses that we sell to Okay, nice. Uh, another thing is from the IP perspective, uh, protecting the IP and many companies, there is always a concern of many organizations regarding letting their data leave their premises, right. especially in the times where GDPR is prevalent and there are many different industries who are reluctant to share the data across their organizations. Some of them even liberal, but not liberal beyond the boundaries of their geographies or countries. How do we address those concerns? Right. Yeah, so there basically follow the Atlassian model, right? Or open source model where uh, you provide the software as a service, but you don't uh, manage the hardware for them. So you have a on-premise deployment, but you have the same code base across all your customers. So that seems to be the most pragmatic thing because taking the, uh, the uh, headache of data replication, uh, data protection, uh, data leak, managing the servers uh, the cost is humongous and the business is not willing to pay for it right uh, so i would like i would highly recommend if you can uh, have a model where they maintain the hardware and this thing you can restrict yourself to cloud so for example in the first two years 
uh, we had only a tie up with one of the cloud vendors so you can just have a setup which is easy to deploy uh, and work with that uh, i would not recommend taking on the headache there uh, or if you're dealing with mid size or small companies then a saas model is then these issues don't come in but selling to a large bank where you're dealing with a credit risk data getting that like even if they are willing to share the data the amount of uh, headache that you have to deal with to manage it and the sleepless nights that you will go through will be intense uh, so unless you're getting significant like you're getting paid less uh, and you have to put in more effort it doesn't seem prudent from a business perspective okay so the next question this is about your product which is rockmetric has designed and this is a bit granular getting into your product so feel free to deny the answer if it is trade secret or something which is related to your business and you don't want to share but yeah the question is like this how do how, how about any customization uh, the clip shown to generate insights and and looks default insights that generate based on the selection type the question is how about any customization that any cxo or any stakeholder wants to generate how easy it is to generate it and can it be generated on the fly while in the meeting with the stakeholder no so we, that's the entire point of the application that you update any data set uh, and the system starts running it's like you do your website right you do seo optimization for your website and just index it into google search and then you after a day you start searching for data and you start getting everything that you've updated into the platform so we have a very similar approach uh, so that's our core usp right that you add any data set and a business user can ask anything from it during a meeting and get response there itself that's the that's the big thing about the uh, platform perfect and second question is how did you come up with those default visualization did you have any lookup or any set of things it would be great if you can share your research or technique or few high level approach in identifying those no so that uh, is basically like i mentioned 100 pilots right so that the system has been trained you know so for what kind of users people like what kind of uh, charts and graphics and all uh so what the system does is based on your question it tries to understand which graphics will fit and which graphic people will like uh so that there is a recommendation engine which uh, decides which chart to recommend and the customer has an option to switch the chart after or that uh so that is an ever learning uh, process for us nice so that 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 goes by hit and trial you keep exploring and then you reach level where you say okay that makes sense let me add it to the my current capabilities of set and and move with that So yeah, uh, it's a it's a recommendation engine problem basically. Yeah. You start with a few set of charts for each query, and then people keep uh, training the engine for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then slowly, what we've done is we've allowed uh, companies to basically have their own minor rec- uh, recommendation engine change also, so that a company X may want to see X chart, company Y may want to see Y chart, uh, so they can train their own model also. Like a YouTube, like you can. Tune your own recommendation model, right? It's very similar to that. Absolutely, SEO is a basically well-defined and accepted process, like search engine optimization, which many even which even many search engine follows in order to get there uh, and optimize what is being searched and how to get to the right relevance of the query that is being asked. So right. that is an as that is an, another area. So two to three more questions, and then we are almost done. One is right. how differentiate in a crowded analytics space because every other company is a is a uh, is analytics space and every other person is a data scientist these days how do you differentiate in a crowded analytics space so so for us like a sales process like i mentioned uh, because we were so cool uh, uh, like from a from an innovation perspective like 2016 we were like path breaking right uh, it took us uh, like we were so cool that it was very difficult to sell uh but that got us access to a lot of companies uh, like you name any top blue chip company and if they had an innovation setup we would be called for that discussion to showcase to the senior management right uh, like people who stand up and clap during the meetings we had voice based access uh in fact our email plugin is such that you send an email and the system responds over email itself to you uh and we would do this on a 200 gb table like right? which was like they were never seen before or they could drill across 200 dimensions at once without having any constraint uh so from a capability perspective the idea was first that the platform was very different to look at but when we go for a meeting to sell our pitch starts with that if you're very happy with your existing bi tools then you shouldn't buy us only if your bi tools are not able to solve your problem then you look at us basically 
so that was the first aspect that we were highly convinced that there are a lot of use cases within company that bi can't handle and we'll focus only on those use cases so if somebody says that i'm very happy with my bi tool i we generally say that then we don't have a sales pitch for you uh, that was the first aspect and the second aspect was to come to that conclusion there are so many use cases we just realized that every time people wanted a unified view of data uh, like one of the leading bi tools in the gartner quadrant has a stated limit of only 16 dimensions right and if you are merging the four five systems you are obviously going to have more than 16 dimensions so there you knew that you know it's not going to be sustainable with ever increasing size of data volume and that was yeah sorry go on go on no i'm done yeah so uh, this is uh, this is another question i know that we have answered that uh, you mostly work in software as a service and data resides with person probably the software as a service you take but this question is more like from the data security concern perspective how did you deal with data security concerns if any and how do you convince customers for cloud vis-a-vis on-premise implementation uh, so so obviously like it was a, it, it's a lot of effort to make the enterprise application enterprise ready right so uh, we work with companies uh, very large mnc's uh, uh, a global private bank a bureau uh, one of the large consumer good manufacturer so they have a rigorous you know they have a 200 question checklist to get enterprise readiness we'll have on site two day audit when they'll come and you know audit your entire premises uh, so you have to meet those requirements so there's no way out of it basically if you want to sell to banks if you don't want to sell to bfsi for example then it's not as difficult as that but we decided that we want to sell to the most uh, blue chip companies and 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 we went through that process that's why it took us two to three years uh second aspect was when we try to sell cloud earlier we were finding it very difficult uh then we relented and we moved to on premise that we will support on premise deployment and the minute we had on premise support uh we started seeing spike in terms of the cloud deployments for our uh, product we went and spoke to our customers so what they told us were we didn't want to lock in on cloud the fact that you support on premise uh, deployment now it's easy for us to experiment with cloud and in case we face any problem we can always come back to on premise but if you had an only cloud solution it would be very risky for us to go ahead and work with uh, so that was our experience of going to the market so yeah especially with uh, many people face this in my personal experience also it said like this uh, 40 years back people never believed in lockers in the bank because they thought money is safe at home and then slowly when everybody moved to lockers and the world evolved in its own way of protecting their own money people thought locker is better way now the I same agree. goes with the same analogy goes with on premise versus cloud people are a bit reluctant to go to cloud these days due to their ip or sharing access or internet not being available people also know if they're not going into that journey probably they will be left behind in the competition in which they are playing to so right. but absolutely agree my sense was 2015 16 17 no people were apprehensive 18 19 20 what i am experiencing was 18 and 19 uh, 18 and 19 people were open to cloud but they were not fixed with their strategy right which cloud vendor to go to which application to migrate to cloud how do we start so from a business user perspective they know that they get agility and hence they are okay but when you go to it there what happens is because they have to manage the entire organization they have to figure out what how does it fit into their strategy uh, so that's where i didn't feel a resistance to move to cloud so they had not made a decision of whether they want to move and what workloads they want to move so now if you ask me uh, i have 30% customers who are completely on cloud uh, 40 to 50% who are migrating to the cloud and 30 40% who are have a very strong on premise setup and happy with that you have to manage the process it's a it's a mix of everything it means yeah that they are in the like everyone is a different phase of the journey no uh, absolutely yeah so we have to manage that so uh, rock metric as a solution do you white label your solution is one question from one of the no so there is there's no white labeling as such but uh, we have a commercial use case where a large bureau sells their bureau data to other banks on our platform uh like you buy any bi tool your the word will be written there that this platform is powered by thing but the solution is being sold in the market uh, uh by the customer to their end users basically so it's a enterprise product no so it's as the enterprise products are always uh, uh, provided to a business to 
make money by selling to their end customers so it is widely labeled right. but you you ha- you do write that is powered by this particular company and you have a press announcement over nice or nimesh you you being a non technical and majorly background um right. uh, what, what is the top most difficulties you you face that if you are from non technical background in building career and building business analytics especially because your product is completely business analytics right so so more technology itself was a nightmare no? so so luckily what i'd worked on in my previous startups uh, i'd built out a a product called school admit which was like a, a local search engine for schools and hobbies and coaching classes it was like a zomato for schools in 2010 Uh, and 2011 i was working on a lead management portal which was uh, omni channel from social media and everything so both ideas were ahead of its time uh, but i learned how search works i learned how you know data unification works and then while i was doing research we were collaborating with ibm uh, and we published a paper on voice based uh, testing platform for skill development uh so if you look at you know ai search data all these three skills that worked on on for almost 3 years trying to build products and that's where i learned my tech chops uh even while building rockmetrics to 2015 to 16 uh, mid 16 that one and a half year period we started trying to build first the unified view piece uh that's where i made all my mistakes and learned how tech works and then rest uh, two and a half years we built this product out without a cto in the company me and the developers so uh, and and in fact that was a blessing because we could keep things really really simple and business focused nice this was a very beautiful journey and very uh, interesting as well because we have a lot of learning so last question uh, is uh, covid is currently you are seeing that that this is the challenges the world is facing not only in india Right. so uh, how do you see the analytics scope in general post covid situations and once we come out of covid 19 and uh, uh, added to that is a little different question is uh, what changes do you anticipate in demand uh, for your offering over next couple of uh, years like maybe right. next 10 to 12 18 months so i'll tell you what has happened to us basically so we had to compete with it wanting to buy from their existing vendors so that they don't have to worry uh like your sap's or the microsofts or you know all these top companies they have existing relationship they didn't care too much about you know what the business user would need they were more worried about if the business user will hold us accountable how do we deliver them reliably uh so from that perspective they were largely looking at uh, uh these and sometimes they would pay 3 to 4 times more uh so that uh, resistance from it basically we see that that is reducing every time the business user is pushing us uh, uh, internally it uh, uh, we see that it will become a little more responsive to just check the platform on its merit uh, that is one a second aspect is that because now people are looking for data in a very granular way now they want to assess every agent on the field every merchant every customer uh, requirement for an aggregated data will go away uh and the third aspect is that now the business users are getting will get more impatient with analytics teams and won't they would want their issues to be resolved before any fancy projects take place uh, and that gets us into a good shape uh so from from that perspective we are not very stressed right now uh and when you are small uh even in a covid environment we see ourselves growing at least 100% this year So, so I am not because all my existing customers are renewing. Uh, so, so that way, I don't see too much of a challenge because things will move on. We have started focusing a little bit more on pharma and healthcare now. Uh, we were only focused on BFSI, so we've added one customer segment. Uh, but from an analytics team perspective, uh, teams which were spending a year to two years setting up data lake projects without involving BI, uh, having uh, fancy dashboards which are taking a year to deliver and then not being able to be agile in responding they will have a really tough time uh so so like all the teams which like that graphic cartoon that i showed you right uh, this team will be completely completely in trouble yep yep nice so yeah this question was mostly from uh, some of them were uh, many people like anshuman pratik or uh, team c and bhargavi Saurav and others, uh, many folks. I uh, couldn't notice the names. I have concentrated more on the questions, so I hope everybody is covered. 
and uh, uh, this is all we are just on time so i have all the questions are completed so i would like to thank himanshu badrikar for connecting uh, with nimesh to you and it was nice talking to you we learned a lot and uh, thank you for your time for taking time on a on a holiday to talk to us and sharing your insights and learnings uh, uh, thank you for sig for providing this opportunity and a special to himanshu parul and hema for that uh, and yeah we close it here there are some poll questions i would request people to folks to please respond to that and that will help us to plan some new topics that are coming forward in uh, next couple of months and it will also give us opportunity to know that what exactly sig can help you in terms of topic detailing or any specific thing that you're looking forward to so let's utilize this platform which help us to connect alumni and different learning things uh, and there are things that they want to look forward with sig yeah so that's all from our side thanks everyone thank you everyone thanks take Dimesh care again yeah take care stay home if stay safe yeah, yeah same same to you <laughs> yeah